Rodgers in the shotgun. Third down from the one-yard line. Devontae in motion to the left. Jamal to the right side of the quarterback in the shotgun. Devontae goes in motion to the right. Quick toss. Devontae's got it. End zone. Touchdown. And the Rams got crossed up on the motion prior to the snap. And Jalen Ramsey is incensed in the right corner of the end zone. Devontae Adams puts the Packers on top, 9-3. The snap, Rodgers takes the handoff, bootlegs right, boot fakes once and again, takes it himself to the end zone. He's in there, just inside the right pylon. Touchdown. We go, Green Bay. Rodgers takes, fakes the handoff, looks to throw, lofts it down Come the middle. He's got it, and he's gone. He is gone. Touchdown. Welcome to the Packer Force Podcast, and thank you for joining this casually fucking ecstatic conversation about the Green Bay Packers <laughs> and their ascension to the top of the NFC as they beat the Rams 32-18 in the divisional round to advance for the second consecutive season to the NFC Championship game. And this time, it's at Lambo. I am your host, Elliot Sill. I'm joined by my brothers, Peter Sill, Black Mountain, and Andrew Sill. He's the legend. I am the professor, and I really enjoyed this game. I, this I, for me, this game was a was a big confidence booster, and I'll get into why. Um, but I kind of want your guys' thoughts on that as as we look mm-hmm. forward. You know, because we the Buccaneers, they're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. What about this game gives you the most confidence? Legend. I think it was that we won. Well, <laughs> if we win, then we go to the next one. Good. Okay, <laughs> Peter, what did you think? Glad, glad you're here, Andrew. Andrew's getting simpler and simpler on the podcast. He's like, we fucking won. It was good. That's that's the thing. So here. Here is what I think, all right, is that we had this – you touched on the energy that we had. It was like, boom, Rams pop out of nowhere. Who the fuck are – they're the best defense in the league. What the fuck? And then there was this nervousness that pervaded the Black Mountain, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we were like, guys, we're the Packers. We're the fucking Packers. And it's Jared Goff with a broken thumb. We're going to be all right. And that's kind of exactly how the game went. What I what gives me the most confidence, I don't think there's anything new that popped out. And that's good. We, we kind of got what we expected. I saw a lot of people calling this game, you know, 27-17, 30-20, you know, in that, in that sort of range. And what it gave me confidence in is, this, is that this coaching staff, this team knows what they're doing, right? We put on a game plan to shut this. You know, we limited the big runs. We limited big plays. How many big plays did they have against us? That'd be a good thing to know. I don't remember anything over 20 yards. That's what we are built to do. We're built for shootouts. And if you can't shoot, if you can't shoot with us, then we're just going to leave you behind, right? 
that one soundbite a little too hard. I don't think so. I think that's. I think that's. I keep you really coming. Think that we're built for shootouts was an astute comment. I I keep coming back to it because yes, I don't think that this this Rams offense was was super effective. They were effective in how they were able to complete plays. We gave them, we gave Jared Goff like ninety percent completion rate. Like yeah. we we just gave him that. But if he couldn't get anything deep, right? Well, I mean Jared Goff, he had a broken thumb. He wasn't gonna throw anything deep, you know. So we just contained it to that. So I don't know, but but it's working, right? It's a formula that's working. It's a formula that's kept opponents to under twenty points for the last. Five games about there. I think we played them effectively how we needed to play them. And I think Four. the thing that gives me the most hope going forward is not so much about this game and what we did well. It's kind of more to do with what we didn't do so well and how it's going to help us grow for the next game with Aaron's sloppy throws. He did make some really poor decisions, especially down the stretch of the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the fumble there. Hopefully, like, I mean, that's, it's easy to hit on the head because it's so important and it's what Tampa Bay does better than anything and what we don't do, but instead we limit people to dinking and dunking and take away the big play, but we don't generate turnovers. See, you know what gets Andrew to talk is that I try to sound smart and then as the older brother, he's like, this dumb motherfucker, I gotta say something. I gotta say something because he's not smart. For me... This game was one in which the Packers felt in control from start to finish. It felt like things were going the way we wanted them to, not the way that they wanted them to. And it felt like we were never outside of what we expected as a team. Um, We were never behind the eight ball. And to Andrew's, you know, petty grievance against the brilliant observation by the brilliant Chris Collinsworth that <laughs> uh, this defense and team is built for shootouts is we've got this this is how we win games we win games in the second quarter mm-hmm. by going up three scores and fucking setting up camp and living on that three score lead mm-hmm. for a whole half of football and lately, the difference has been we've had shutdown moments and mentality on offense and defense in these games. Mm-hmm. Because what mm-hmm. you used to see is you used to see us get a three-score lead and then salt it away and get it to you know a one-score game and then have to hold on for dear life. And since, at, since the Carolina game, mm-hmm. after the Carolina game, we had Tennessee... Tennessee. And we scored the last 21 points in that game. Mm-hmm. We had Chicago, and we shut the door on them. Mm-hmm. We had Los Angeles. Now, this was a weird game because they were able to get it back to one score. But, you know, we we were on the verge of having that three-score lead going up mm-hmm. 25 to 10, going for two. And we did not get that. And mm-hmm. it was stuck at two scores. You know, so we didn't get it to three scores. They were able to get it back to a one score, an easy one score game of by getting the two point conversion. But there was a killer mentality, and our defense killed. They got the mm-hmm. sack that they needed to get us the ball back. We killed on offense with the fifty eight yard pass, and then on defense again, 
now that they were down two scores, killed them again, got the ball back five minutes left, that's it. That's game. That was it. It's really about getting a lead as quickly as possible and then fucking def- systematically defending that lead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's controlled. Everything, you know, mm-hmm. the, the pacing of everything is such that we're not going to get 40 points if we don't have to. Yeah. Did we learn something from last year with the all gas, no fucking break? And this year we're like, eh, maybe a little break here and then. <laughs> no, just it's just like, it, it's just like, you know, some gas, never break, but some gas. You don't need all the gas. You, then you run out of gas. True. Always keep gas. You always want gas. And I feel like this offense always has gas. Yep. Sometimes you got to coast a little. Right. This team is a coast-ass team. So this this Rams game, like, there was one point where it was a one-score game. Did it feel close, even during that period in the fourth quarter? They had the ball They had the ball down seven. I mean, on that possession, there's, their drive ended with a sequence with a drop on first and ten, a sack on second and ten, and then they got five yards on. Mm-hmm. third and 16 mm-hmm. and blew a timeout in the process yep which they would later need and then you know yeah they had the ball they punted his uh, it back they never got close enough to make me feel threatened right close is a tie game close is within seven points if you have a touchdown lead on someone and that's as close as they get there were definitely some nervous moments in there but I don't think you can really look at this game like a like a close game. I don't think it was a, it was a close game. We were obviously the better team on the field on both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball that day. I mean, you're playing an ailing Jared Goff, but with Aaron Donald being injured, it sort of really hamstrung that entire defensive front. I would have expected more pressure, but I can rely on Todd Bowles to bring that. They pressured Aaron Rodgers a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see that next week. Uh, I I do want to get transitioning though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So this game, Rams game, fucking book. It's a book. It's the divisional round. Really, it is. It is a step leading up to this. This has been our block. This has been our wall for the last decade. We haven't played our like ourselves. And two and a quarters mm-hmm. NFC Championship games. Right. And if we don't do it this year, if we don't get this win, it's fucking who we are. It's we're we're one of those teams. We're one of those teams that goes to the NFC Championship four times and isn't able to break through. This That's is... like Donovan McNabb numbers. That's like I don't know, like how you guys are feeling about this game. I, you know, I've. It, it feels it feels like this is the only logical matchup for us right now in this spot. NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers. Feels like it's meant to be. With Drew Brees playing as bad as he was, yeah. <laughs> if Drew Brees was like on a path to go out on an epic high note, maybe that would have felt like an okay conclusion to the NFC season, but. With it Drew is looking like garbage. This this is kind of the only way that it can really be. It is downright weird that Breeze and Rodgers never faced off in a playoff game. It is. That is really weird. 
like that just kept not happening. That's why, like, going into the, that's part of the reason why I was like, the Saints never make it to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vikings are more their deal, you know. I think, and it's not weird, but it's the same for Brady. This will be the first time they met in the playoffs. So yeah, this makes total sense for me to see Drew Brees go out like this. When when you know word came through the text chain that Drew Brees was saying that this was his last is going to be his last year, I was like, well, I hope he sticks to it because I didn't. (laughs) I just like. Looking, thinking about his, is this going to be his Cinderella story? I was like, fuck no. Like, sorry, dude. This is, you know, this is how it ends. This is how it ends for a lot of people. Tom Brady still looks like Tom Brady. It's not the Tom Brady year either. This is definitely the Aaron Rodgers year. I mean, I think that's that's a story. Like, that's that's an interesting story. You know, is Tom Brady going to another team and then proving, like, working hard and getting back... Which is such, it's such fucking bullshit, dude. Fuck Tom Brady. Like, I haven't been in the AFC my whole life. But, like, this is obviously what he did. He came to these teams, fucking murk-ass teams, getting Darrell Revis, uh, Randy Moss, whoever the fuck he wants to come to that team. Now he goes to this weird Bruce Arians team in Tampa Bay, like, hey, we're getting a patchwork crew together. They are literally like fucking pirates. Like they're rostered and collected like pirates. Yeah. They got yeah. a guy with missing a hand. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is the most Buccaneers ass team. They got Devin White and Vita Vea. You know, top half of the draft order picks. You know, really good guys coming out of college. And yeah, and then they put Indomitian Sue in there and fucking J- Jason JPP. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot that's going into this game too, and and it's tempting to to talk about week six. It's also tempting to entirely dismiss week six because that's just what we want, or game six. That's what we want to do. Well, that's what Aaron Rodgers said to do immediately after the game. He was like, "That was an anomaly. We're not thinking about it." Well, that's one thing to say, but now you're facing that same team again. They're going to try and do some of those same things, and you can't do the same. If you do the same things, the same things will happen. We learned that lesson last year. Mm -hmm. You've got to have some shit different. So I want to know whether you're worried about these things or not. I've got a little rundown here. Let's do it. Just tell me whether you're worried about it. Let's start big picture. Are you worried about the last game that we played against the Buccaneers? No, I'm actually really glad that we have that. Yeah. Okay. How is it? How is that? How's that a different conversation than the one that we had last year about the 49ers? Because it was something that we can fix. I mean, as long as you really like bring it back to our destruction point and not like the entire game, because really we fell apart after the two turnovers and we never got back into it. And this game and through so many other games, we've seen that and like limiting turnovers is something we are capable of stopping a fucking crazy run game might not be but that is not the case they do not have a crazy run game we happen to have the quarterback who has fucking got the lowest interception percentage in history and if we really focus up on not giving up turnovers i'm pretty sure that's something we can be really good at yeah uh ben fennel put out a stat that was like when 
the when the Buccaneers blitzed, Aaron Rodgers was six for seventeen, two or three sacks, and um, and he had a, a an interception and a seven per seven quarterback rating, quarterback rating of a seven, and then he put underneath. He wasn't sacked again when he was blitzed all year. So I don't like that feels like an anomaly to me. I believe Aaron Rodgers when he said it. Aaron Rodgers didn't say that about this about the 49ers game. Uh, and also Matt LaFleur said, we're gonna learn from our mistakes. And so I trust that. You know, I mean those are those are simple things, but I do believe them. I there's there's no evidence that shows me like yeah we are susceptible to these crazy blitz packages or we are susceptible to Aaron Rodgers throwing two interceptions in a game so um, yeah there's nothing that shows me that why I should actually keep worrying about that game like there was last year uh okay and I want to just like reiterate last year we were fully ready to redeem ourselves too and we had said you know. We're going to have to beat them in Santa Clara once. Mm-hmm. One of these two, like either now or in the playoffs. You know, it's kind of, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say this year's different from last year because last year felt like this year. It felt like there's no reason why we would do that poorly again. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to get blown up the same way we did. And then that's exactly what happened. So I am, I'm not saying that it's going to happen again. I'm just saying like there needs to be substantive evidence and not just, you know, logical. You would think they would handle that. Like there needs to be some substantive evidence is that we lost in a way that is unbefitting us last year to San Francisco. We lost in a way that our fatal flaw was exposed. Yeah. And we were like, well, since we saw it, we can fix it. But, that wasn't really truth. You can't just change your stripes mid-fucking way just because you see your stripes. But we lost to the Bucks in a way that we made some stupid fucking mistakes that went against our stripes in the first place. And if we know to fucking be aware of it extra hard, and you're trusting Aaron Rodgers to be the first person to fix it instead of Mike Patton to be the person to fix it, Got a lot more faith in that one. That's a good point. So I want let's bring up another aspect of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, that game, David Bakhtiari went out, and we gave up a bunch of sacks. I think it was four, five it, sacks. It was atrocious. Um, we were getting they were pressuring us all game long. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Are you worried about our offensive line holding up against this team, given what happened last game? Or not? I am not worried because Billy Turner has been playing really well at left tackle. Billy Turner has been playing really well. Um, I think this offensive line has just grown and gotten better throughout the year. Like at the beginning of the year, there was like, oh, we're kind of covering up this line. But as as the year has gone uh, has gone on, they've just gotten better. And it's gotten more solidified. So another thing is old teams like this, I think on defense, they don't usually get better as the year goes on. Old guys on defense usually get a little bit slower as the year wears on. And when you come into sub-freezing temperatures in Lambeau Field, it's going to get harder. 
Yeah, it, the one, go ahead. The one thing that worries me to that matchup, to the pressure that we're going to get, and our offensive line being able to, I think they'll hold on to it for the uh, duration of actual live plays. The thing that worries me is Sue being on the other sideline. And Sue with one dirty move could fuck our whole season up. I mean, if it fucking hits that collarbone the wrong way, I'm, I'm, because I hate Sue and I don't trust that motherfucker at all. Sue's gonna be going up against one of the best interior lines in the NFL. I also want to say like Devin White and Levante David, their inside linebackers, are not old, and they're fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the teams that have given the Packers trouble, and it's those teams, it's the teams that have fast as fuck middle linebackers, specifically Fred Warner, mm-hmm. fucked us up for two hours of game time last mm-hmm. year, um, and it just seems that we kind of struggle against those dynamic players who can fucking react and and catch up to Aaron Rodgers fast type of thinking. Mm-hmm. And when you're bringing them on pressures the way that Tampa Bay did against us last time, that's a scary thought because while our offensive line is solid, it is not necessarily incredibly quick. And so if we're not able to keep up with them and they're able to get some pressure on us, it could start to affect things. And that, you know, that's something that I think is is an area of worry, but I mean, the idea that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been sacked on a blitz in three months is really funny. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, you know, any inside, any inside linebacker rushing would, would count as a blitz, I think. So we'll, we'll have to have a plan for them the way that we needed to have a plan for Jalen Ramsey or fucking understand mm-hmm. the real, the reality of the threat they present and handle oh, yeah. it. Are you worried that the home field advantage won't come through for us. I mean, it'll be cold, but we're going up against a team that prides itself on defense. We're going against Tom Brady, who's a tough motherfucker, and he's you know got weapons there. Mike Evans is a big target. Big targets work really well in the cold. Gronkowski has been through it. These guys are here for one thing, and that's to get to the Super Bowl, and they know that they're going to have to be playing in this cold weather are you worried what happens if the if the cold doesn't phase them in the way that we seem to anticipate that it will? Well, first of all, I'm not expecting it to like totally freeze them up. Like <laughs> they're gonna be out there shivering and like <laughs> biting their nails off. You know, like it's it's not gonna be like that at all. But so what is that home field advantage? That home field advantage is that we've played the last three games. In cold temperatures. And did we do it? Was the Panthers game cold too? Was that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was a little snowy. So, yeah, four then. Okay. So, this is what we're used to right now. This is, we have a month's worth of of practice, of real game time reps in this weather. Catching the ball, getting hit, taking the hits, knowing, you know, knowing what your limit is. And this team doesn't. They're hanging out in Tampa Bay right now, and it's probably 70 degrees. They're gonna fly into Lambeau Field. It's gonna. They're gonna fly into Green Bay. 
It's going to be dark. It's going to be gray. It's going to be it's going to be horish with a hoary frost. It's not going to tip the the scales infinitely in our favor, but we're more ready than this for this than they are. It's our crowd. It's Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers feels comfortable there. We feel comfortable there. It's going to be an advantage. How big of one? I don't know. Tom Brady's a pro. Rob Gronkowski is a pro. True, but Rob Gronkowski spent the last year on the couch, so whatever he got acclimated to is probably, to an extent, dissipated, and now he's living the Tampa life. Tom Brady came out and said he would probably never move back to a cold-weather climate again because he fucking hated it. Mm-hmm, yep. So as much as, like, he's weathered and tested and he's battled it out in those kind of conditions, like, it's clearly not his cup of tea, and, like, all it takes is a year to get used to some temperature and not be ready to go back into the cold. Yeah. And, well, it's not it's not, not something I'm counting on to win us the game. It definitely favors us. There's no way you can say it hasn't or it won't, especially, like you said, being our last four games straight have been in it. We're going to come ready. We're going to come knowing what it was like last week and the week before and the week before and the week before. And then we had a bye week in there, but you get it. Like, they're going to just be coming to it, and we're going to – having been born in it, you know, like mm-hmm. Batman and Bane shit. What about this? I was born in the gold. <laughs> <laughs> what about this offense worries you the most? And I'll, I'll Their leave offense? that. Yeah, I'll leave that at that. It's Tom fucking Brady. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be. It's it's. But okay, so throwing to whom? Like Mike Evans. They have Antonio Brown. Is it Gronkowski? Yeah, or I is mean, it or is it just like? None of those guys, it's Tom. No, it, it could be any of those guys, right? Like, it's Mike exactly Evans... Which one? Yeah, Mike Evans could could go off. Like, if he just gets Kevin King all day, he could just go off. Mike Evans has been great this year. Uh, who, they were hitting up Cameron Brait. You know, it, it can be him. It can be Chris Godwin. Yeah, he had a big drop. But you know what? Like, he's still good. It could be a, a, an Antonio Browns out there too. Yeah, it could be any any one of those guys. What are you worried about on their offense, Andrew? Same thing, man. Tom Brady, Tom's instinct, the goatness. Not more just the mythology rearing up out of fucking nowhere undeservedly again. I mean, he's he's good. He's great. He's not better than Aaron Rodgers right now, but somehow he tends to pull out games when he's not better than the other guy. And sometimes it's unexplainable. I thank God that he doesn't have a coach right now. I mean, Bruce but, Arians is a good coach. I I like and hate Bruce Arians. He's serviceable at best. And there was a quote going around a couple hours ago. It was saying that, Tom Brady never got to coach before, but he's allowing Tom Brady to coach as much as he wants. You know, it's probably because you're not that great of a coach. Maybe it's not, but if you really pull it apart, like Bill Belichick didn't allow him to coach because Bill Belichick knew how to coach him to fucking Super Bowl win. 
I think I think Bruce Arians is his, you know he's not Bill Belichick. He's never tried to be stylistically. They're different and they're different in that respect certainly over, you know, visions of authority. Um, I think Bruce Arians has done a good job with that team. I think they're eleven and five, mm-hmm. and they're in the NFC Championship game. And I don't That's think it's accurate. as simple as employ Tom Brady and then that happens. Maybe it is. Maybe Tom Brady's. But I, I really like the phrasing. I really like the phrasing that you chose, of the mythology rearing it, rearing itself or rearing its head. Um, kind of the, is this another chapter in the story of Tom Brady? First of all, Tom Brady has six Super Bowl wins, which is insane. He has fourteen championship Sunday appearances now with this one. Thirteen mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's been to nine out of the last ten. That's nuts. It's a lot. He's lost four championship games because he's been he's been to nine Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. He's lost okay. three of them. Lost three Super Bowls. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. And so he's lost four championship games before. And for me, the biggest thing is like they're they are a first year team. This is their first year doing it. If they are able to come in, Merc team, blow up the fucking NFC, upend Aaron Rodgers, upend what Matt Lafleur has been building here for two years, and and everything that you know Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst and co- company have been working for. Just because Tom Brady sweeps into town, there's no higher level thinking going on that's making the Bucks into what they are. It's literally like, hey, let's get Tom Brady. Okay, cool, we got Tom Brady. What now? Hey, let's get a bunch of guys that are really good at football. Okay, let's, we did that. Yeah. You know, there, there's no, there's no methodology there. That's just Look, really like the biggest thing Tom Brady has brought to that team was limiting turnovers. From James Winston. From Jameis, yeah. Scoring-wise, they were actually scoring at least like three games left in the regular season. I saw this stat. I don't know if it held out throughout. But they were scoring .2 more points a game with Jameis. They just had a way better record because they cut those fucking turnovers out. Well, that's what good that's what good quarterbacks do. They make smart decisions. And I don't know if there's, you know, yes, Aaron Rodgers is smarter. But other than that, I like Aaron Rodgers has his smarts, and Tom Brady has his smarts, which have been uber successful, the most successful of all time. And, he, and he's working with those. And so that is the big thing. That mythology is, is looming. And you know what? Fuck it. Like, fuck that story, dude. Yeah. That's what Tom Brady did to Drew Brees, was like, oh, you're trying to make a story out of this? <laughs> fuck you. Storylines going into this game for sure. Two A plots. And there's a Tom Brady plot and there's an Aaron Rodgers plot. Whose plot is really the A plot of this fucking NFC? I think you're crazy if you think it's Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's easy to say Tom Brady just legacy wise, and it might be his last year. He's on a new team. Can he do it without Belichick? But. You look in Aaron Rodgers' face, and he's not letting it be anybody else's story this year. I also think, to some measure, 
Tom Brady has already proved himself this year, and this Bucks team has already kind of proved themselves by beating the Saints, beating the team that beat them twice in the regular season. This Packers team has not proved themselves. This is True. this is where we prove ourselves. Yes. We're just back to where we were last year, and if we lose again, then we prove nothing. And I think that, you know, that felt true for the Rams. It felt like the Rams proved themselves against Seattle. Made that huge win. They didn't have anything left to prove when we played them. I think the Bucks. I think we're the ones with more to prove right now than the Bucks. Absolutely. Losing two NFC championships in a row would be really tough. That would be that would be really hard. Going to going to two in a row and winning the second and making it to the Super Bowl. That would be that would be great. That would be serviceable. We still have to win the Super Bowl. Should we do force powers? Well, I'll tell you what I'm seeing in the Black Mountain right now. Lambeau was beautiful last week. Looked like church. Looked like church? Yeah. It looked like they were like, okay, we can have church, but everyone needs to follow these rules. And everyone was like, <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> okay. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, it was that was a beautiful service. And the, the best part about that service was the music. Was the music because by some divinity, by some Black Mountain spiritual power, that stadium was turned into a fucking drum. That whole stadium was turned into an instrument, and with nine thousand fans there, you could hear them just beating the stadium, and the the stadium itself was just screaming, and that was fucking awesome. Whoever, I don't know if that was on the development side or if you know some fan was just like, <laughs> it started bum, beating, bum, bum, and then you just saw that spread. It was like like you see it in one end zone and just spread around the whole thing. That was amazing. Lambo is alive right now. For the first time all year, Lambo is alive. Who do I see in the Black Mountain? Every fan of every. AFC team that has fucking hated Tom Brady for the last 20 years is joining the Black Mountain saying, fuck that guy. Yeah, so, so it's, there, it's there's Monday. Like an it's, added, there's an added pocket of fans whenever you play Tom Brady. That's it's right. Just, so that's, uh, yeah, and you need all the help you can get going up against that guy. And it's it's early in the week, but that's you know that's what I'm seeing in the Black Mountain. Legend. Yeah. You drunk? Nope. Not particularly. Do you have a rant? Not really. Do you have some passing commentary? <laughs> <laughs> all I want to do is highlight one off-the-cuff quote from the great movie. 40-year-old virgin. Okay. Early on in the movie, some dude is arguing with fucking, uh, what's his name? Romany? Romany Malco? <laughs> the, little, the little tiny Indian dude? I know where this is going. You remember him? His top head is yep. bald. I remember that. But what does he famously say? Go fuck a goat! Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I want to see is, too. I hate that people try and spin Aaron Rodgers into being the GOAT. Who wants to be a GOAT? Tom Brady is the GOAT. And this week, 
we need to go fuck a goat. Fuck that dude. Fuck him, fuck his goatness, fuck his horny head, fuck his horny goat weed, fuck everything about goats. Goats are stupid. Who the fuck wants to be a goat? He can be the goat all day, and we're gonna go fuck that goat. And like, I don't know if it's gonna be consensual, probably not, I don't know if goat rape is a thing, but I don't care. Fuck that goat, we're gonna go fuck him in a stupid goat ass. Tom Brady, you're fucking stupid, I hate you. You look fucking 20 years younger than Drew Brees. You look 10 years younger than Aaron Rodgers somehow. It's because you do all your wife's crazy skincare shit with her every night. I know it. You wear <laughs> weird fucking masks at night, Tom Brady. I know you do. You're made of seaweed and shit. You fucking little bitch. We're going to fuck you up in the game of football because you're a fucking goat. I had two things that I want to that I want to end on. And one is it felt in this past game that the back end of our defense didn't get a chance to shine. We have a really good cornerback in Jair Alexander and really good safeties in Adrian Amos and and Darnell Savage, and the Rams played keep away from them. This Bucks offense is not designed to dink and dunk and and thrive and and survive that way tom brady will take his shots down the field he'll he'll try and get the ball downfield to mike evans Mm -hmm. and to chris godwin and to gronkowski you know whomever and this is the opportunity for that back end to shine and i think like they deserve their due and they'll get their opportunity to make that happen um against tampa and i'm excited for that the other thing that I'm thinking about, and I will it's TBD whether this is the formula, okay. but I just heard, and it was Kenny Clark's post-game press conference, and they asked him about, you know, this is the fourth NFC championship game, or maybe it was the third, the third one that he's been a part of, mm-hmm. and, you know, how do you, how do you get over that hump? And he just said... You know, we've we've got to kick the door down on that. We've got to get there, whatever it takes. Like, this is the one. And I like I like that vision of kicking the door down and everything that that, that entails in terms of being aggressive and striking first and not and controlling the situation, not, you know, being the one whose door is kicked down. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to kick down the door. We need to make this happen. We need to get to where we're going. Yeah. And I think Aaron Rodgers is as ready as he could be for this moment. He has been through all of these years of playing fantastic football and learning more about the game and you know finding ways to beat defenses. And now he has an offense that presents a cruise control option that he seems to never have had under Mike McCarthy. And now this offense goes on its own and he can make it sing. Mm-hmm. And he's playing from the mountaintop. Like mm-hmm. you said, he's in control. He's the reason he's the the cerebral cortex of this team, the reason we're in control of games. This is his moment, his one-on-one showdown with a Tom Brady who has shown 
that he's still fucking a winner, if nothing else. 40 touchdowns, man. He is still a winner. He is still a viable opponent. This is not a game where you look back and say, yeah, he'd be Brady, but he'd be Brady and the Bucks. That, he was old. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we could, let's make him say that. Yeah. You know, if we if yeah. Tom Brady throws four interceptions in this game and goes 11 to 23, mm-hmm. they'll probably say that. Yep. Or 20 to 37. But this is his chance to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady that he was deprived of for years while we were falling fucking short under Mike McCarthy. And now it is time. There's that phrase again. It is time for him to take this chance against Tom Brady. And then go earn the chance to play against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. If you want to be the greatest of all time, beating Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes in the same playoffs with the highest stakes would not hurt. Yep. But it's got to you got to make it happen. So that's that for that. I like it. I like it. You know, I would love to be the goat, Andrew. Yeah, being the GOAT would be tight. The greatest ever to do something. And it's nighttime, so we go to the daytime daybreak joke. Daybreak reference. It's early. We're still recovering. Yeah. There's a long week ahead of us. And a long week of editing for me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Packer Force Podcast. I appreciate your company and your patronage you are a shining light that my son yells at when he gets out of daycare and sees the moon <laughs> i'm sorry if you're a goat fanatic and i offended you because you like your goats unfucked but <laughs> i also want to apologize to our listeners for depriving them of the taco bell take of the week yeah. uh, oh my god all of that has to stay, Peter. Can't just edit out your burps when Daybreak's playing. You said we wanted to. Your girlfriend. She'd be proud. Oh. She would be. Did you just knock Randall Cobb off? God damn it.